together but we I want to challenge you let's be free let's let's feel that freedom today let's feel around to move around shake up your bodies a little bit so we're gonna sing out Lord you're mighty and our choir is gonna demonstrate you just echo me simple as that are we ready let's sing together all right sing this and Lord you're mighty Lord you're mighty Lord you're mighty
participating this morning. You guys can have a seat. I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? Some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. <laughs> I want to, Tim. I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV, carry the TV. That's our first one, very subtle. Go to big screen, big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big, my fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there, that's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, Grace. Next one's hold my baby, hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs, that's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost, everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn, a lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa, Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set. <laughs> Worship is awkward, right? I love how Tim just ripped the band-aid off of all of that with worship because we all come from completely different backgrounds when it comes to the way that we've worshipped corporately. Um, some of you that are like non-religious or maybe this is your first time today, you're like, okay, I knew that I thought they were weird. They are totally weird, okay? And that's okay. We all come from different places. We come from ex religious experiences that were positive. Um, some of us come from religious experiences. You guys crack me up. You're like, oh my gosh, my last church. Y'all tell me these stories. It's hilarious. And, and that's okay. But we all have to come to this place. If you call this your church home or if you're on vacation, wherever you worship, you come to this place every six days and you're expected to worship together with all of these different backgrounds and all this different stuff. So let's just rip the bandaid off even further. Ready? Are you ready? Here we go. 
Oh, I wonder if Andrew and Gina are leading. They're my favorite. You've said that to me. It's okay. Um, you know, I really like it when Stephanie sings. Because, like, when Stephanie sings, I can just stand there and look at her because she just sings so good. Somebody said that to me. Um, oh, this one's funny. I really like it when you lead, Cynthia, because, like, you just get into it. And I feel like you're just going to get on the floor with that guitar. It's just awesome, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Um, this was one of my favorites, though, because not everybody loves the music here. Can you believe that? I know, it's shocking. One of my favorite stories, we were here about a year um, into being in this facility, and as a band, we all walked outside. This is before backstage was done, so we didn't have anywhere to go. So we, we went and stood outside, and we were all just standing out there talking. It was while Todd was speaking. <laughs> you can laugh there. Um, and so we're standing out there, and this couple comes up, and they looked at us, and we were standing away from the door, and they're like, hey, is the music over? And we were like, yeah. We were kind of like, sad. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, good. We cannot stand it. We just come for the teaching. True story. I am not making that up. Then there's those of you that, like, you come and tell me this. Remember, we're married. I'm married to the lead pastor. Just remember that, right? We just love the music. Yeah, sometimes we go to other churches for the teaching. I'm not kidding. This is true stories. And I'm just like, oh, thanks. It's great. That's oh, awesome. Um, so I say all those funny things to say that coming into this place corporately like this is hard sometimes because we all are coming from different places, different preferences, things that we like, things we don't like. So how do we do this? How do we all come together as one people to worship God, to bring him the honor and glory he deserves? How do we do it? Okay, Psalm 57 says this to us. I'm sorry, Psalm 5, verses 7, 11 through 12. This is what the psalmist said to us. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear and respect of you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord, and you cover him with favor as with a shield. Basically what the psalmist is saying here is that because of the abundance and faithful love of God, we are to enter this house. Didn't say whether you feel like it, whether it's your thing or not. We need to come here to worship him because he is worthy of our worship, because of his abundance. So if we take this approach when we come in the doors of our church or any church you attend, that it's not about your preferences or maybe that baggage you have from past religious experiences. Some of you have a lot of anxiety. I've, had, I've talked to many of you that have said, I just, I never went to like a church ever. And I'm a little embarrassed by that, that I'm, you know, the age I am and I've never been. So like all of these anxieties, these fears, these things like that, we bring all this to this place. But guys, I just want to encourage you this morning. That's because of his abundant love and grace in our lives. We can just leave that all outside in the parking lot before you walk through these doors. Because when you come into this place to worship him, you can just leave that all aside and come in here in a spirit of freedom and expression. Worship is a verb, in case you didn't know that. It's an action. It requires us to do something, you know. Um, today, as worship leaders, we're all going to talk about this topic. Each of us have things that are near and dear to our hearts when it comes to physical expressions and worship. And so you're going to hear from the four worship leaders uh, that lead here on a regular basis at our church. And we're going to focus on the, on the corporate gathering. That's what we're going to talk about today. But everything that we're doing, you can completely translate into a small group or into your private worship experience. But in the context of what we're doing today, as we're in this series, we want to talk about this alignment between what's going on in our hearts and it being fully expressed 
through physical expression, through our bodies, and how we come into this place to corporately worship uh, God. There are nine physical expressions of worship listed in the book of Psalms. I'm not going to read those to you. I'm going to leave those for you. They're on our message notes page on our website. There's a ton of content in there that we've all prepared for you. If you want to study this further that we're just not going to explore today. So please make, feel free to go do that. It's at our website at hiltonallencc.org slash message notes. You can find that. But here's, here's the challenge today. Okay. We want you to be open to what God wants to do in your life today. Maybe you've never physically expressed. Maybe you're like Tim, what he was talking about. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even fathom lifting my hand. I can't imagine moving. That just scares me. It's okay. This is a safe place. We want you to feel like that this morning. This is family, okay? If you're a part of our family, you're part of our family. Even if you're from Ohio, you're a part of our family today, okay? I had to do an Ohio joke just for Todd, okay? Um, But you're part of the family today. Feel that freedom today to just be willing to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you about how you could take just that next step and physically expressing your worship to God in a corporate environment just like this. So we're going to do a little exercise. Ready? Everybody take a deep breath in through your nose, out your mouth. Okay? Everybody just relax. And let's pray and ask God to bless our time together. Father, we just breathe you in. We breathe in this freedom that we all desperately need to just be fully present in this place. And I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would guard our hearts and minds from any distractions of what is going to happen 45 minutes from now when we leave this place and what's going to happen tomorrow. That our bodies, mind, soul, spirit, heart, everything would be fully present in this moment right now to hear what you want to say to us through the teaching of your word as we sing songs that celebrate the truth of who you are and what you've done. So we give this time to you and ask your blessing. Open our minds, open our hearts to receive today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to ask Gino to come up first. And Gino's going to start us up today. He's going to talk about some cultural differences in our worship styles and share a little bit about himself. Would y'all welcome Gino this morning? Uh, Good morning. I find it a little awkward or ironic that uh, I'm the one talking about cultural differences, considering that I'm the only black male worship leader at this church. So I thought I might just point that out while I'm here, okay? But just to give you guys, oh, well, I worked on that all night. (laughs) No, but just to give you guys a a brief background of where I'm from, if you haven't guessed um, by now, I grew up in a predominantly black church. Shocker, I know, that's the silence I got. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we weren't afraid to, to lift our hands in worship and praise God in the aisles. And sometimes you even catch every once in a while, if the spirit's really high, you'll catch somebody running around, taking some laps, <laughs> losing some weight. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, uh, to be honest, to, it was so awesome to see people worship God freely and not be afraid or ashamed to lift their hands and to worship God and take a couple laps. Um, Uh, And I was so thankful that I was brought up in that background to understand that I can worship God freely and even have fun doing that. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to uh, 2 Samuel 6.14, you actually don't have to turn there. I just always wanted to say that because all the black preachers from where I'm from said that. So now my life is complete. I can go see Jesus now. Goodbye. 
I know, but if you would turn, uh, go to 2 Samuel um, 6, and it talks about how um, David got the Ark of the Covenant back from the Philistines. And what's so powerful about this is if you don't know, the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence. And David was stoked when he got it. I mean, he was dancing and, and wasn't ashamed of who was watching, if anybody was watching. He wasn't ashamed. It was so, he was dancing so to the point where his own wife was embarrassed of him. It's like, I can't believe you're out here dancing like this. But David didn't care. He had the presence of God back. And get this, this is the point. God wants us to be like this every time we step into his presence. Every time we are part of worship. He wants us not to be ashamed or um, care about what other people think when we're giving him worship. It's all about him. Now let me say something. There is a thin line between giving God all the glory and being distracted. So I'm going to give you guys a true story of a time where it was completely distracting. Okay, so it was maybe 91, 92 before I was even thought of. I know such a long time ago. My dad had a revival at a church. And this is the crazy part. So the spirit's high, everybody's up. If you can just imagine in your head... A lot of people shouting, dancing, music's going, drummers going crazy, keyboards going crazy, everybody's singing. At one point, a guy decides, I don't know what clicked in his brain, but a guy decides to kick a hole in a wall. <laughs> so my dad shuts down everything. Like he was like, all right, that's it. Drummer stop, keyboard stop, everything's quiet. He's like, that's not the Holy Spirit, and you're gonna pay for that wall. <laughs> So there are times, there are times where worshiping God can be distracting. And this is how you can tell the difference. is when people turn their eyes from God and put their eyes on you. That's how you know that worship is distracting. All glory, all praise, all honor goes to God during worship. Nobody should ever look at somebody else and be like, oh, what is it? It should just totally be towards God. In Psalms 150, I almost said 50. In Psalms 150, I love this, this passage because it's the last chapter in the last book of Psalms. And it's a long book. And the last line of that chapter says, Let everything that hath breath praise thee, the Lord. And that says so much. We have breath in our body. We should be praising God no matter what situation we're in. Even if we're in our car, God I thank you. I even have a car. I give your name all the glory, all the honor, all the worship. God, I'm at home. It happens sometimes. I might cook dinner for my wife every once, every six months. <laughs> but God, I'm, I'm thankful, and I give you all the glory, all the honor that I get to do this. So that sticks out so much to me. And whether it's a black church, you lift your hands, you give God the glory. Whether it's a Caucasian church, you lift your hands, you give God the glory. Whether it's a church that doesn't have any AC and it's 109 degrees outside and you step in and it feels like it's 120 degrees inside, you give God all the praise, all the glory with every ounce of your being. Because let me tell you what, he deserves it. He deserves it. Every word that we sing to him every song, every note, every note that we play, he deserves it, and get this, and more. So we got to give God everything we can. So 
that being said, I just want to make sure that we give God our all in worship today. And from this point on, that we give God our all. So now I'm going to bring Stephanie Reed up. And she's going to talk about how worship is not performing. So would you give a hand for um, Stephanie Reed? Well, hello. Oh, you know, I was told, Cynthia, I would much rather sing to y'all than talk. It's just the comfort zone, comfort level thing. But, um, but thankfully, I get to talk about something I'm very passionate about, which is singing. I do love to sing. I think that it is such an important part of the worship experience. Um, and so I, was, I just started thinking when, it, when this was my portion about singing, I was like, so why is singing so important? And what role does it play in worship? So I went um, to Webster's Dictionary to look for the definition of worship. I said, let's get down to the nitty gritty and see what worship is really defined as. So worship is defined as extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object of esteem. And so I just kind of let all of that sink in. And I said, wow. I love how the definition says extravagant respect and admiration. Because that's the whole purpose of what we're doing. That's why we come before him as a group. To exalt him and to give him that extravagant respect that he so deserves. Uh, and I know with Andrea and Gino and Cynthia and I, you know, we're just the ones that kind of get that started. We're kind of the people that, you know, when you're getting ready to sing happy birthday, you have to have someone that just starts off with the note. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're doing. We're just kind of getting it started for everybody to come together and to be able to lift those praises to the Lord. And um, so I just I started thinking, letting that definition of worship really sink in about that extravagant respect and admiration for our king of kings and for our lord of lords our creator and I, to me that's why it is so very important part of worship is the singing um, and you know what it is so sweet every Sunday just like Cynthia said I know that everybody you know likes a certain style or maybe has a certain preference or you know I would get so many compliments after I you know when I'm up here leading and they're like oh your voice is so great and did you ever go on American Idol or you know you should sing on the voice and you know honestly it's so flattering and I really do appreciate that as an artist I'm like oh I'm glad you like it <laughs> but you know that's not what the purpose is for us being up here leading it's not about the performance it's not about hey look what we can do because it's not about us this is about coming together joining our voices and lifting high and exalting his name and so um, I was looking in the Bible talking about you know pray and um, and just singing and what, what did God say about that? And since we've been through all the book of Psalms, uh, through our Selah, or Selah um, message series, uh, Psalms 91.5 really kind of clicked with me. And it says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And uh, in the NIV, instead of joyful noise, it says Shout. So to me, it, it was like, wow, no matter if you've got a good voice or not, God wants us to lift high his name and exalt him. 
whether we're speaking these words, whether we are just meditating on those, he really wants us to make a joyful noise. So regardless, you have no excuse whether you think you can sing or not. The Lord wants us to make a joyful noise. And um, many of you know our, we've got three daughters. Our youngest daughter, Hannah Reed, has cerebral palsy. So she can't walk and she can't talk. But she has taught me so much about praise and worshiping God. I uh, look over at her and a lot of times she's got her hands lifted high. She's got her feet stomping on her wheelchair. And she is praising the Lord within her soul. And so that made me think, we have no excuse. We, <laughs> we can talk. We can sing. We can, we can shout. Even though it's all inside of her, she is expressing it in the way that she knows. And so she has, I just wanted to share that with you because she has taught me so much about that freedom and praise. And she doesn't care if she hollers out. I mean, at first I was like, shh, but I, you know what? Now I'm like, just let it out. If that's what the Holy Spirit is, is, is bubbling up inside of you, just let it out. So I just was so excited that she is such a good demonstration of what worship and praise is. So one of the other reasons why I really love to sing is because singing prompts me to verbally express through reflection and repetition the promises and the truths of God. These songs that we sing, all of these praise and worship songs, they go back to the biblical truths of God's love. And the, I know a lot of these songs that we have um, have a lot of verses, a lot of repetition. We say it over and over again. But that gives an opportunity for those words to really sink into your heart, for you to really reflect on what you're saying and really reflect on that opportunity to express that to our Heavenly Father. So that, to me, was just, it, it was exciting to be able to, to look at that and say, this is why we do these verses over and over again. And a lot of times, um, my girls kind of laugh at me when, um, when I'm not leading, and Andrea and Cynthia and Gina are up here singing. Sometimes I just weep. I'm, I'm just crying because those words speak into your soul. So I just wanted to invite you. A lot of times we do. We're like, sing with us. Sing it out. We wanted to invite y'all to that place where you feel the freedom. And it doesn't matter what you sound like because this is all being lifted high for his praise and for his glory. And so we wanted to give you an opportunity. I'm going to invite the band back up. We're going to practice that. We're going to have another opportunity to stand and sing and just to sing it freely as we sing, Great Are You, Lord. I know there, there's a line in the song about it's your breath in our lungs. And that's why we're pouring out our praise. So I wanted you to reflect on that as we're getting ready to sing. And as they're getting set up, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to really reflect on what it means to worship you, Lord, in all of its various forms. Lord, that when we put you at the center, no matter what is going on in our hearts, whether we feel unworthy, Lord, this is what you ask of us. This is what you require. And Lord, we just thank you for this moment, for this opportunity to praise you for who you are, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We lift you high. We praise, it, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand and sing with us?
give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. Sing it out.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for that privilege to be able to use the breath in our lungs that you have placed in us to sing your praise, Lord. For you are worthy. God, you are so good. Your mercy covers us. Your love, your blood covers us. Lord, I just thank you for that moment. Thank you that we can come before you and offer those praises. Lord, I pray you, that you're with Andrea now as she shares about our other ways to worship you, Lord, even when it feels awkward, feels strange, Lord. That when our hearts and minds are in the right place, focused on you, Lord, that you receive all the praise and the glory. We praise your name in Jesus' name. Thank you. You may be seated. So yes, worship can be awkward. Awkward. The truth is, what do you do in a song that has a very, very long instrumental guitar solo? You whip out your air guitar, right? And you just rock along with it. Is that kind of funny? Gino told me to say that, okay? <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> No, but for, for real, awkwardness in worship is, is possible. What do you do when there's those in between the songs or really long instrumental parts? Cornerstone has like seven instrumental parts that I get so confused about every single time. But how do you use those? And I think that, I think that we can use those properly and, and not use them to our disadvantage and use them to our advantage to be able to stop. Maybe it's a time of reflection. Maybe you're closing your eyes. Maybe you're just letting the music wash over you. Maybe that's a moment to be quiet and let God speak. Maybe that's a moment to sing out a new song, which I'll talk about that. Maybe that's a moment to, to shout a little bit. Maybe, that's, maybe that is a moment to watch. Maybe it is a moment to, again, just close and reflect. But just utilize those moments. Maybe it's prayerful. So it doesn't have to be awkward. We can, you join, as we join together and we do worship together in this corporate setting and we have those instrumental moments, you're welcome to use those and sing out. You may hear me singing mumble jumble over here, but that's, that's that new song that Psalm uh, 98 uh, opens with and it opens with this. Sing to the Lord a new song. That's so beautiful. It continues in saying, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. And with the harp, the sound of singing. And with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. And my, as I read that, my interpretation was, what does that mean, really, a new song? And as, I, as I've worshipped through the years, I've realized that God places in us kind of an inner song out of our spirit, kind of bubbles up out of us. And whether that's through those instrumental moments singing, God, I need you, Lord, I love you, God, I thank you. That's kind of like that new song. Maybe it's a new melody. And, and again, don't freak out if you're not a singer and you're like, I don't do any of that stuff. That even though you still sing out to the Lord a new song, that, is, that verse, that's for all of us. That's for all of us. And another way to help I think with worship and sometimes experiencing it can be awkward is when maybe you have a new song and you're like, I have no idea, this song is so strange, I've never heard this before, or even a song that you've heard 5,000 times. 
There's a couple songs that I'm like, wow, I have sang this just about mm, a lot. And when I see that my preference starts to get in the way of allowing me to feel free during worship, I have to check myself a little bit. And I have to be, hmm, where is, what is my heart's posture? What is my motive? Why, why do I say out loud that, I don't want to sing that song again. But the truth is this, you have to make, it, you have to make a literal adjustment. I found myself having to do that. Like, God, your truth of your word is true today, yesterday, and tomorrow. The lyrics that we sing are biblical, and they are sometimes a melodic prayer. So I really start to focus when I get all that out of my head about my preferences, and I'm able to say, God, and I focus on your lyrics and I focus on those and I let them wash over me and I sing them out and my heart starts to adjust. And God will start to show me new things as I start to let my guard down and be like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I like it, if I feel like it, if I'm tired, that God is still worthy, it's still worth it, and, he's, and it's still truth. And so maybe that will be helpful as you view uh, worship as kind of this melodic prayer. Whether you're singing with us or you choose not to, you can use that at time as kind of that, um, uh, maybe a silent time between you and the Lord. So I hope that that kind of clears some of that up. When I was, uh, I, I grew up in a theater company that taught me, they were a Christian-based theater company, and they taught me how to use my gifts for the Lord. And so we danced, pantomime, acting, singing, drama, uh, all of it. And we would use that to evangelize and to teach. So I was taught how to use the arts as a worship form. And man, there's something so unique and so beautiful that God does to express through those artistic forms. Now we've seen that through dance and what Sydney just shared um, earlier in the year. And you'll see that today again. But there's, there's just so many different forms of, of being able to express worship. And one of them that I love to teach and talk about is spoken word. And spoken word is, is kind of a poetic. It has poetic devices. And, and it's kind of a, a song, but without a melody and no instruments. Um, but it has just this, this little zing and this little punch to it that I just I find so, so powerful that God, I really see him using um, the arts and using spoken word that way. So I'm going to share with one, you with one that I wrote. So um, let's do this. I often don't feel worth it to stand three feet up in worship, to stretch my arms out towards the Lord of Lords. Lord, do you really see a rose among many thorns? Because this week I cussed like a lot, and this week I lied, and this week I didn't love, and this week I complained, and this week I forgot about you. And as I step up those stairs, whispers of the enemy flood my thoughts and twirl around my heart, refreshing my memory of the sin that I carry with me, saying, you are a disgrace. How can you even show your face? <laughs> then when I clear out all the clutter, I hear the voice and the truth of the Father. And I remember that it's not because I'm special, that I have it figured out, that I'm perfect, or that I'm even talented. No, 
but that it's truly because of the redemptive work of the king that is happening in my life that that is why I sing, that I am in process, some days making progress and others totally running backwards. But I must keep singing. We must keep singing. We must keep singing. So then I reorganize my focus for worship has purpose. It's not for me to observe from a distance, move when I feel like it, cross my arms shutting out, standing there consumed in doubt. Let go. Let go. That's what you're saying, Lord, isn't it? That I've got something to show you. Draw near, be, be right here. You know, I heard it once told that it's not fake, it's faith. That when we praise and we aren't quite there yet, that it's not fake, it's faith. And that when we sing, you make me brave, that it's, that, and we don't quite feel it, but it's not fake, it's faith. It's declaring with our mouths to heaven the things that we don't see, the praises of our God to shift the atmosphere and bring us to our knees because there is no other option to give all that we have to offer because worship is our prayer. Worship is our praise and worship is our war cry. Uncomfortable? No, I can't. No, see, Andrea, I'm not an extrovert. I don't, I don't really sing. <laughs> Let me encourage you on this. Invite the awkward. Invite the awkward. Invite those moments of awkwardness. Because I'll tell you this, they danced and they shouted, but what do we give more hoot and holler to our favorite sports player while our Lord is on the bench sitting warm. You see, worship is not a participatory sport. Preference will only lead to surface level worship. Missing out, cutting short. And as you wait for me to invite you to stand, I look out. Entertain us, you say, with eyes glazed. Make me feel better about my week, because certainly I am feeling weak. But I have to tell you this, it is not me that makes you feel better. It's not even these songs, not even these instruments, not even these people. And when you cried in service, it wasn't my voice and it wasn't the melody, but it was the living, breathing spirit of God washing over you, reminding you that you are loved, that you are not alone, and that he is your fuel, not just for when you run out. Not just for when you run out. I want to take our praise deeper. I want to take my praise deeper. To let freedom run in our veins like the very cells God created. To cause arms to lift, heads to raise, feet to dance. All for the chance to offer up our best. So right here, right now, I speak freedom over this church. I speak life in our bodies. And I speak joy in our hearts. Amen.
Worship can be awkward. But what an opportunity we have to embrace the awkward, as Andrea said. This is a safe place for you to come. Over the years, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. I cannot believe that next month. And some of the most meaningful times have been when I've walked through the lobby by somebody I've never seen before, and I just smelled alcohol on them. And I'm so proud of that person, and I don't make a big deal or anything, but you know what? They came. They came. And God is calling us as a church to be a safe place for people that don't have it together because I am first in line. Okay? And I say this as the programming director, as the pastor's wife, whatever title you want to slap on me, this will always be a safe place for people who are hungry for Jesus. Always. So I say that to you to not allow yourselves on Saturday nights when you just don't feel like coming. I, was, I told the other service, Todd and I have decided we're just not going to talk to each other on Saturday nights. It's just not good. It's just not good because you know why? The evil one doesn't want us to be here on Sunday morning. Has anybody else felt that? Can I get an amen from the choir? Okay. You know, we're fine. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, what happens Saturday night? What happens Sunday morning? Right? Because when we come into this place with one focus to worship the name above all names, there is nothing that makes the evil one more angry. So this is a war. Andrea referred to that in her piece. This is war to worship him. It's a fight. It's a struggle. You know, the four of us talk a lot, and, and Bill and Karen, who also sing on our team, and like Saturdays, I mean, there's been times some texts have gone by like, hey, guys, it's going down in my house right now, and I need you to pray, <laughs> you know? Because standing on this stage, this is, this is not what he, what he wants. And he doesn't want you there participating, and he doesn't want you to come because you got stuff to do. So trust me, don't you find how many great things you can do on Sunday morning all of a sudden? Don't feel judgment. We're at war. We all face it, and we all deal with it. But he has called us to come into this place and to worship him and to lay all that aside. And no matter what kind of week, I say it all the time, I don't care what kind of week you've had or what kind of week is coming for you, this is a safe place for you to come and be free to worship your God in spirit and in truth. I'm going to wrap up our teaching time, and then we're going to give us some time to just worship and actually do this together. But I just wanted to bring this to kind of a final point, just to mention the three specific postures of worship that are mentioned in the book of Psalms. These are pretty important to me. Um, a lot of times, as Andrew referred to that, you know, we talk about our personality. You know, well, I don't do that because I'm like this. And we make a lot of excuses, and that's okay. Don't feel judged on that. It's okay. It, it, that's just our insecurity. It's our fear. It is awkward, and we don't want to, you know, it's, it's for those of us that are extroverts. I'm a social extrovert, which is me when I'm around people, I'm an extrovert. When I'm by myself, I'm an introvert. So, like, all these personalities are great to know about yourself, but they can be a barrier to you actually worshiping who God is and what he's done because, as we talked about in the very beginning of our time today, we are here to worship him because of his abundant grace and love. Okay, that's the number one thing. So there's several different postures. There's three, really quick. The first is bowing. Psalm 95.6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. This is a sign of reverence and respect, you know, when we do that. 
Um, this is a posture. I like to break it down, make it simple. It's, you're God, I'm not. That's it. Okay, so when we bow our heads, I'm going to visualize, like, when we bow, you know, in worship, you know, we're basically aligning ourselves to say, you are God and I am not. I, you are my Father, you are God, I am not. Okay? Um, that's a great posture of worship. Um, kneeling, physical kneeling in worship, we, would, we invite you. If you feel led to kneel, please do that. Some of you may physically go, yeah, I just, I couldn't do that. That's okay, you know. But some type of physical gesture that shows that you are bowing, that you are with reverence respecting God as we sing these songs. Some of these songs, like Greater You, Lord, that we just sang, it's hard for me sometimes because, like, when you start thinking about that chorus, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out your prayer. I mean, it's hard to keep your head up sometimes if you think about those words because you're kind of like, I have life because of you, God. If I didn't have that life, I wouldn't be here. You know, so let your alignment from your heart, what you're singing, what you're hearing and experiencing, let your body manifest that as a physical expression when you come in. Um, let me talk about hands real quick. <laughs> Andrew's just like me. We cannot talk. I mean, if we, if we didn't have our hands, there'd be no speech. Trust me, Todd's like, can I tie our hands? Would it, would it connect if I hands in the mouth? Okay, so it's okay. So let me talk about hands real quick. There are two specific postures of worship that I just, I just want to express. When we do this, okay, this is, a, this is that back to that reverence. You are God and I am not, right? We are saying this is adoration, praise, worthy. It's me releasing, saying you are God, I am not. It's, it's a prayerful praise expression. Okay, when we turn the hands in like this, see some of you do this. And I love it. I can see some of you that you just came in this morning or you came in on a Sunday and you just need the Lord to really work in your life. This is a posture of receiving. So think about that when you come into this place to worship. Think about how your hands look. You know, let there be alignment between your heart and your mind, your spirit, with what you're doing. There are some times that you just can't do anything with this. You know, you can't just, God, I need you today. I do not know what I'm facing tomorrow at work. Or my kids are driving me nuts. I mean, fill in the blank, okay, wherever you are in your journey. And that posture is important. So I'd love to see some of you express that when that's in your heart physically, you know, to put your hands out like this. Um, the second is standing. I, I was telling, let me read this verse first because this is so great. Psalm 119, uh, 120 says, My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws meaning I stand in awe of, of your scripture, the things that you're teaching me. So standing is a posture of worship. I know some people are like, you, you guys stand a whole lot at your church, like you're always standing. But I have to tell you this. This is kind of a brag moment. This is the first church I've ever been a worship leader at where you guys just stand whenever you feel like it. Hot dog. You'll just get, get up randomly. Oh, I'm going to stand now. I'm going to sing. I love that. I've bragged about you. Yeah, worship leaders brag. I know it's probably sinful. But we talk about, look at our church, people just stand randomly and yeah, just start worshiping. So I just love it because you're reacting. That's a reaction. And maybe you never knew that. Maybe you're like, well, I didn't know that was worship. I just, it's the last song and I got to go to the bathroom and get to the car. I mean, that, that may be where you are. I don't know. But, but don't see it that way. When you stand, that music begins or whatever that is, that's just, that's a sign of reverence. It's a sign of respect, standing. Um, in my church when I was growing up, when you read the scripture, you stood. Todd, make a note of that. We should start standing for scripture. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, that's a sign of respect, once again, of just respecting the word, respecting God, and worshiping uh, him. Uh, the third is dancing. Okay, this is the last posture in worship now. Everybody take a deep breath. Remember, 
Remember Gina's story about kicking a wall in? Okay. Don't get freaked out, okay? We're not asking for you to just, like, freak out. Remember, the focus needs to be on the Lord. If it's on you, then you've missed the point, okay? But dancing isn't just about dancing. It's about moving. Because we have standing, right? We talked about the standing posture, the bowing. Dancing requires movement, right? And wherever you are in the movement scale, <laughs> just allow your body to express that. Now, many of you know my daughter, Sydney. She has really feels like God's called her to be a professional dancer one day, and she dances, and, and she um, has, is learning about how God is teaching her how dance can be used in, in the context of worship and those things. But, like, y'all, for those that know me well, like, I may move, <laughs> And I am a klutz, man. Like, you guys, some of you may see, like, how many times I hit my tooth on the microphone up here. Because I'm like, ah, you know. So she got her rhythm for me. She ain't any dancing from Todd and I, okay? So that didn't happen. So my point is, don't let it be, don't worry about what it looks like. Because, again, it's not for those around you. It's for the Lord. It's for you to express yourself and to worship and uh, to just be uh, who you are in those moments. When we start with the heart. That keeps our physical worship not being, look at me, but it keeps it about looking at him. Now, today we're going to practice this and give you some time, but, but let me say this. Never feel pressured here to be something you're not, ever, okay? The goal of our teaching today is to get you to make a connection, this alignment, I keep using that word, between what's going on in your heart, mind, soul, body, and your physical expression of it. We want there to be an alignment, you know, and we, this is something we desire as worship leaders. It's something that Todd desires as he teaches us about worship as a lifestyle, that there's an alignment. We say we're Christ followers, then it would lend us, to, you know, we would think, okay, well, then we would act like Christ followers, right? Well, if we're worshiping God, then our physical expression should be in alignment with what we're thinking in our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits. So this isn't about looking around at what somebody else is doing or how much better they are at worshiping. I've heard that statement. Oh, she's just a better worshiper than me. What? Anyway, this isn't about that. Okay? It's not about comparing ourselves to each other or what we're doing. It's about where you are right now in this moment with God. So here's my challenge as we spend some time doing this. Just take one step. Just take a step forward, wherever you are today. Maybe you were like Tim, and you're like, I can't even fathom picking my hand. Like, I just didn't. I've never done that before. It's okay. Don't feel pressure. But I want you to reach into the heart, into your heart, in your mind, as the Holy Spirit's speaking through you. I hope he has through this service today. And just take that first step, and you will see something transform you. There'll be a freedom in your life. It's going to affect every area of your life. If you will come into this place every six days or wherever you attend church every Sunday or Saturday night, and just let yourself be free to be fully present there, fully present in that moment, worshiping God with all your heart and mind. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we, we acknowledge that we're not worthy to worship you. And some reason you created us so that we would give that to you. You, you. you desire that. You're jealous for our worship. And Father, even though we don't feel worthy of it, it's something you ask of us as Christ followers. So this morning is, we just take some time to do this, to offer ourselves to you. I just pray that wherever we are in our journey, wherever we are, whether we're new to this whole idea of God and Jesus, and this is just scaring us a little bit, or maybe we've been Christians for our whole lives and we've just never thought about this alignment between our bodies expressing what's in 
in our hearts and minds. So we just give you this this morning. We give you all of our fears, our anxieties, our awkwardness. And we pray that today as we come together corporately in this place that you would be high and lifted up. That it would just be a beautiful, sweet aroma of all of your children coming together to say God you are God and we are not you are worthy of the praise and the honor and the glory because you sent Jesus and that's why we're here to celebrate the fact that you made a way for us to have life and I just want to say this morning if there's anyone here just feel led to do this it's never made the decision to place their hope and faith in Jesus Christ I want to give you that opportunity because that's why we're worshiping that's why we're singing is because we have so much to celebrate because we had no way to God because we sinned. Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they sinned. They made the wrong choice and that forever separated them from God. But God loved us so much in his kindness and his mercy. He said, you know what? I'm so desperate to have a relationship with mankind. I'm going to send my son, Jesus, my only son, to give his life because he was perfect and blameless. And he died on a cross, the most cruel death possible, so that we could have life. And so I just want to give you the opportunity this morning, if you have never placed your faith and trust in what Jesus did, it's just simply a prayer that's like this. You don't have to use these words, but something like this. Like, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong, and I can't have a relationship without you. So I accept Jesus today as my my Savior. It's my way to heaven. It's because of what Jesus did that I have access to you. So forgive me, Father. Let me to this day place my hope and faith in Jesus. I encourage you this morning, if you've never done that, to do that. We'd love to talk to you about that and help you take that next step. So on that connection card, if you just check off I made a decision today, or I would love a pastor to call me, or I'm just still trying to figure what this Jesus thing is all about. Just fill that connection card out today and take that to guest services. We want to be in the journey with you. We want you to connect with us beyond today so we can help you the other six days to get into this life that we are so happy to celebrate, this God-giving life, focusing our heart and mind on Jesus and what he's done for us. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to worship him. We're going to sing to him with all that we have and all we are. And I just invite you this morning to do this, to sing with us to wherever you are. Be fully present today. Light of the world, you stepped out into darkness. Open my eyes and let me see your beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you with every voice so here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together
to worship you, to give your name all of its glory that it rightly deserves. Father, I pray that you stretch us and you mold us, Lord, today. I pray that we walk out encouraged and not discouraged, God, that those things that you stirred in our hearts this morning, God, that those would just resonate with us, Father, and that would lead to action, Lord. We're praying for that, God, and we're praying for boldness in our worship, God, to rid us of fear and insecurity, God, but to trust in you and to be encouraged, God, and we just believe that in your name, God. And as we sing this last song, that's just going to be so crazy and amazing, Lord, as we just get wild and just lift up your name, Lord, I pray that you would stretch us to be bold and to be free, God. I pray that it would run in our veins, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.
responding today in worship we are it was such an honor and privilege and um, I know I'm married to the guy but you really need to understand that your lead pastor has given up two Sundays the last couple weeks because he really wants you to hear from people that are passionate and did any did y'all love Jerry McCarran last week for those oh of you that were gosh. here pastor Jerry that was awesome thank you and for him to give us the opportunity to teach on this, this is such obviously something we're so passionate about as worship leaders. So I, I'm, I know I'm biased. This is like totally, I know, I know, but he's great. Anyway, but uh, just before you leave, I just want to say thank you so much. We're kind of coming to the end of the summer. I cannot believe it. In the 10 years of our church, this is the most consistent financial giving this church has ever done over the summer months. In the life of our church, I, you guys have blown us away how consistent and faithful you've been with your giving. Even though you haven't been here, you've been gone. Thank you so much. You have no idea what that does to our staff. Um, we took 100 kids or over 100 kids. They went to Big Stuff this week. That's a $60,000, listen, that's a $60,000 commitment. And we were able as a church to make sure that everybody got to go. 
And that's because of your faithful giving. So thank you so much for doing that and being consistent with that. You see some stuff going on on the other side of backstage. We're getting ready to put a patio in for our students to have some small group time and some cool stuff. The playground's starting next month. Just God's really doing some cool stuff for us to have life here at our church and be able to express that in community. But it starts with you guys that call this your church home, being regular tenders and members and giving back just a portion of what God's blessed you with. So we are very appreciative. And we want you to know that. So today, as you leave, you can give at our giving stations on the way out. You can give online at any time. And if you're a visitor or somebody that just wants to give back God just a portion, we encourage you to use our text to give option. Just text to 30131. The directions are in your worship folder. Just to give God just something this morning to say thank you to him for all of that he's done for you. Has it been a good day? Yes. Has it been a good day? Thank you so much for being here. You guys have a wonderful Sunday. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week.